0: Good morning, beloved family.
1: How are you? I am doing fine. It's wonderful to be with you. It's always wonderful to be with you fully live, as opposed to a number of on cars we have needed to run uh, in the last couple of months. So I'm thrilled to be with you. All is well. I pray that you are well. All is not well with the world. and all is not well with the church but the church will last and it will never be destroyed our lord has promised that she the church will be led into all truth till the end of time and nothing will ever negate that nothing no words from clergy or higher clergy even the pope himself will change or neglect uh, or negate the truth god has given us truth is truth Always remains truth; it does not change. And so, on Wednesday of this week, I read an article by Monsignor Charles Pope, just an outstanding priest in Washington D.C. And but it was written four years ago on the coming persecution in the Church and what we need to do. But I have now today on the website Catholicism Pure and Simple. <clears throat> Excuse me, which I do recommend to you, Catholicism, pure and simple, um, an article written uh, this year in January, the end of January um, on the persecution of traditional Catholics and not just the Catholic Church, but this is from within um, It's one thing to have persecution from without. we expect that the the um, uh, I, what, I, what word the horror. Uh, to Catholics, to the sheep, is to be persecuted by their own shepherds. We expect it from the world. We don't expect it from the shepherds who have been given the vocation, the ordination, the responsibility of bringing the sheep to heaven. This article article is, uh, article is titled, Persecution of Traditional Catholics Will Accelerate. And I'd like to uh, for us to read it, uh, talk about it a little bit this morning, during our first half hour, and then we'll take your calls, your emails, your text the whole second hour, right after the second break at nine thirty or ten thirty or seven thirty, wherever, whatever part of the country you're listening from. <clears throat> the article begins. It is a fact. The trend toward an outright persecution of traditional Catholics. I'm not talking about. Radical people, not just a traditional Catholic is simply, we don't need the adjective, is a Catholic. If if you're Catholic, you're Catholic. It means you believe and live all that the Church teaches. That's it. <clears throat> and so there is a trend toward an outright persecution of traditional Catholics, that is, those who live faithfully by All the teachings and precepts of the one holy catholic and apostolic church it is not only continuing but accelerating liberal-minded cafeteria catholics together with the hypocrites who profess to be catholic that is who go to mass regularly brandish their rosaries publicly state the importance of their catholic faith to the world but then pick and choose only the parts of the church's doctrines that suit them willfully disobeying those that do not suit and dismissing any uncomfortable truth, these false followers of Christ may be overlooked by the agents of Satan when the time comes for great persecution. You see, the enemy knows who is real and who is not. Cafeteria Catholics, those who pick and choose, um, uh, they're not Catholic. They, no matter what they claim, they are not Catholic. They could be baptized Catholic, but they're fallen away. They're not living their faith, and Satan is interested only in those who are true disciples of our Lord, true Catholics, true children of God, a threat to the kingdom of evil. After all... They, they, those cafeteria Catholics, and I remember when Pope, when Cardinal Ratzinger was elected Pope, the signs went around, the whole internet cafeteria closed. No more picking and choosing, you're Catholic or you're not. <clears throat> and the article says, after all, they, the liberal Catholics, those who pick and choose, are already Satan's useful minions for having spread scandal, leading numerous souls on the path to hell and showing total indifference to having thrown true Catholics into the hands of their enemies. Such could be said for President Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and every single Catholic politician who supports abortion um, and other evils um, and uh, continues to receive communion. Um, The fact that the bishops are discussing this is... um, insane and the fact that they're discussing it is a scandal itself the bishops are scandalizing the catholics of the world by deciding whether to vote You don't vote on catholic doctrine deciding whether they should tell president biden nancy pelosi and the like to not receive communion how do you vote on what is a doctrine of god all right if we receive unworthily 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if we receive unworthily, we receive condemnation. We eat and drink condemnation to ourselves. That's it. That's it. We are condemned. How do you vote on that? I don't understand. Because of somebody's position, it's got nothing to do with it. It's our position before God is the only thing that matters. The article continues, faithful Catholics will be increasingly targeted. And in the meantime, the devil the devils plural uses this current popes papacy as a means to further destabilize the church their aim for years has been there the devils the demons their aim for years has been to destroy the church from within easy to attack it from without and that's pretty obvious but from within is the way to destroy something it can 't destroy it and the, the demons, nobody could destroy the church two thousand years um, uh, nobody's been able to destroy it. And I think someone said to Napoleon who claimed to de- wanted to destroy the church. he said, if we haven't you want to destroy it from without, forget it if we haven 't been able to we unfaithful Catholics who have not been able to destroy it from within. It'll never be destroyed. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. But there's a huge amount of damage done and thousands, if not millions of souls that will go into hell because they have rejected the only means of salvation. And if they say, we haven't rejected it, we're Catholic, we go to church on Sunday, we receive Holy Communion, we pray our rosary, we're, we've always been Catholic. Well, if you... If you promote abortion, same-sex marriage, and all of that, you are excommunicated from the church. You've excommunicated yourself, and you are not on your way to heaven. No matter what you think, you don't determine doctrine. God does. The article continues. An important part of Satan's war against the church is directly, specifically, at priests. All right, that makes sense, doesn't it? If you destroy the church, you destroy the priesthood, you destroy the priesthood, there's no Eucharist, there's no Eucharist, the world doesn't exist. So it is directly, specifically at priests. And if you are keeping up with the news recently, especially the Vortex with Michael Voris, um, he is pointing out one priest after another. Good priests who are Um, persecuted, um, put aside, put elsewhere, uh, banished from their parishes for one reason only, because they speak the truth. That's all they do. They speak the truth, and it cannot be tolerated in this day. The Virgin Mary in all her apparitions warns that priests are under very fierce attack by the enemy today. She calls us to pray and make many sacrifices for priests for just one such faithful priest's son has the divine power from God to lead many sinners' hearts to conversion because Satan knows his time is short and he sends his minions to work extra hard to deceiving that priest's soul. The great same Saint Ambrose tells us, quote, "The persecutors who are visible are not the only ones. There are also invisible persecutors, much greater in number. This is more serious, like a king bent on persecution, sending orders to persecute to his many agents." And establishing different persecutors in each city or province, the devil directs his many servants in their work of persecution, whether in public or in the souls of individuals. Oh dear, let me see now. Let me see if I can finish the quote of St. Anne. Well, no, I'll finish it right after the break. There's the music, beloved, for our first break. And... um, We will be back right after the break and continue with the quote from St. Ambrose and from this article. God bless you. If you wish to call in ahead of time, the toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483, or you may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. beloved this is mother miriam many of you are familiar with mother miriam live but i wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the station of the cross such as the catholic current father robert mctaig discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m eastern you can listen anytime to the catholic current as a podcast on the i catholic radio mobile app
2: The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio.
0: Um, to Mother
1: Miriam Live, we were right in the middle of an article on the website, Catholic Catholicism, Pure and Simple, and it has to do with the increasing persecution of traditional Catholics. And by traditional, we mean simply Catholic, faithful Catholics who know, who love, and live by the teachings of the Church, all the teachings. They don't eliminate one thing. If you eliminate, again, I'll say it, if you eliminate one Uh, doctrine one thing that the church teaches um, if you are practicing contraception if you're voting for those who are for abortion um, such evils um, you are not catholic you might be uh, call yourself catholic but you are not catholic and the devil devil is not after you because he's already got you Um, the ones he's after are the ones who have not compromised and i'm reading now from uh, St. Ambrose's quote, St. Ambrose died in 397, that's the end of the fourth century, and he wrote, I'll, I'll repeat the first little paragraph, the persecutors who are visible are not the only persecutors. There are also invisible persecutors, much greater in number, the devil and his angels, um, his demons. This is more serious. Like a king bent on persecution, sending orders to persecute his many agents, and establishing different persecutors in each city or province, the devil directs his many servants in their work of persecution, whether in public or in the souls of individuals. Of this kind of persecution, St. Ambrose continues, Scripture says, all who wish to live a holy life in Christ Jesus suffer Persecution. And he emphasizes all, all suffer persecution. There is no exception. Who can claim exemption if the Lord himself endured the testing of persecution? How many there are today who are secret martyrs for Christ, giving testimony to Jesus as Lord? The apostle knew this kind of martyrdom, this faithful witnessing to Christ. He said, This is our boast the testimony of our conscience, end quote. <clears throat> and this article from Catholicism, Pure and Simple, continues. For example, the well-known traditional Catholic blogger, Father Z, Father Z, Father Z, has been mercilessly persecuted by extremists of the left of many stripes after the many recent debacles in the United States, including the swearing-in of a pro-abort so-called Catholic president. He warns us, he, Father Z, warns us and fellow his fellow priests, quote, <clears throat> in our nation, persecution of individuals by the left is on the rise. They are doing Satan's work. It is right to pray against them using all our spiritual tools. Fathers, he says, priests, take note recite chapter 3 title 11 of the rituali romanum privately if you must i'm going to repeat that the mm-hmm. recite chapter 3 title 11 of the rituali romanum privately if you must but say it do not give in to the darkness by either running from it or by descending into hatred the pandemic Um, Father Z continues, the pandemic may very well be something that God has given us to wake us all up. So too, with the way many currents in the country are rapidly shifting to the left. When people forget about God, God will provide wake-up calls. Is the pandemic one of of them? Are our elected and appointed leaders secular and sacred wake-up calls end quote. The passion of the church has already begun. The church on earth is already being persecuted. In some countries such as China, North Korea, most Islamic states, and in many parts of Asia, Africa, etc., the persecution is outright, while the persecution in western countries, for now, comes in more subtle forms. In our globalist world of modern technology, comes the rise of the surveillance state. This will become a powerful method of limiting our religious freedom by the NWO in the near future, the New World Order. We are already seeing how they control many virtual forms of communication like Facebook and Twitter, blocking traditional Catholic messages and videos whilst permitting such evils as pornography and sadistic violence from the secular world. If you'd like to keep up, beloved, this is my own aside with what is happening every day, something else, um, subscribe to LifeSight News. Assuming the article continues, we do have a solid spiritual foundation and are seriously living our Catholic faith. There are some practical things we should be doing as we prepare for the coming persecution and the time is now beloved it's already on us Um, first of all we must use our religious freedom while we still can and avoid taking it for granted or assuming everything will remain more or less the way it is now even apart from private revelations on the subject there are numerous signs in government and society that a persecution is probably coming Now is our final, now, 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 beloved, now is our final opportunity to resist this trend as fervent Catholics and concerned citizens. It is time we started pushing back in a peaceful and loving but unyielding way. Do not be afraid to speak out or to act lawfully in defense of God's divine law. Secondly, We must find others who believe as we do. We must avoid petty disagreements. Unite the clans, as Michael Matt of the Remnant tells us, and begin meeting together, becoming well-informed. Now, petty disagreements has nothing to do with doctrine, nothing to do with opinions on the faith. Those who come together, the clans, unite the clans who truly live out our Catholic faith. We could have different opinions on social issues and other things, but not on doctrines of the faith. We need to begin meeting together, becoming well-informed, talking and sharing and brainstorming. Whilst we have the Internet, and who says we shall always have this form of communication, we should put it to good use. Thirdly, we must strengthen our relationship with Christ, learning to trust in Him ever more deeply, for a solid spiritual foundation is necessary in order to withstand the troubles of life in general and the unique challenges in our era of history in particular. Our Lord's parable of the house built on a rock foundation in Matthew chapter 7 is timely and important in this regard. Pray, pray, Fast, make sacrifices, and frequent the sacraments of confession and the Holy Eucharist. Make holy hours, or at least visit the Blessed Sacrament whenever possible. This is our armor that will protect us in the coming battles. Prayers offered in reparation for the sins of the world and our fasting and other acts of penance can unleash great spiritual power, not only benefiting ourselves and our loved ones, but also resulting in the conversion of many sinners and the delaying, lessening, or even averting of many predicted chastisements. Prayer is extremely powerful, especially the two greatest prayers of all, which is the Mass and the Rosary. That's the end of the article, beloved. You know what I'd say, if we really believe this article, which I do 100%, um, it means if you're a faithful Catholic, the only faithful Catholics are those who believe every teaching of the church and live it. If the church says it's mortal sin to not go to church on Sunday and you avoid it for any reason that is not excusable, then you've committed mortal sin. And if you go the following Sunday without confessing, you've committed mortal sin upon mortal sin. If you bring someone to church with you who's not Catholic, and you're too afraid to tell them they must not receive the Holy Eucharist, you are committing a great sin. They won't be accountable for it, because they don't know. But you will. Um, We need to live our faith, beloved. We need to live our faith. And uh, we must not practice contraception. We must not engage in abortion. Same-sex marriage. There's no such thing as same-sex marriage, but so-called same-sex marriage. Civil unions, absolutely not. Should they be blessed? My goodness, go back and read Genesis. Did God bless Simon and Gomorrah? He absolutely destroyed it and his opinion of homosexuality has not changed. The New Testament says those murderers, homosexuals, slanderers, even gossips, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Will not. Why gossips? Because you kill. Gossip kills the soul. There are a few things that God hates, and gossip is one of them. We need to live our faith And if you have children at home, and you're letting the schools, whether public or Catholic, raise your children, you will be gravely responsible before God. Because he has given you those lives to grow for heaven, and to lead to heaven. And God forbid any of us would turn over those little lives, vulnerable, open, fragile, to the devil. If you send them to public school, they're in the devil's territory. If you send them to a Catholic school that doesn't teach the faith, then you've sent them to the devil's territory. The devil would like nothing more than for people to call themselves Catholic and not live the Catholic faith. Nothing more than a school to call itself Catholic and teach sex ed and gender ideology and all of that. That's, those are the devil's subjects. It's got nothing to do with Catholicism. Nothing. The home is what God has established, beloved. And you may be working, you may be used to a lot of conveniences, a lot of things that money alone can buy, and you think you're doing well because you're home a few hours a day and all of this. Um, if your children are not protected and taught the faith from the home, They'll never be taught the faith in school. They'll never be taught the faith by church if it's not lived at home. And if you teach them the faith at home and you live contrary to what you say, you are condemning those children because they smell hypocrisy very quickly. And they will turn from hypocrisy. And they will only absorb and learn truth if you live it. They will live what they see they will live what they experience. It's very serious, beloved. You may not think so, but it's more serious now than any of us know. And we don't know how much time we have left. It's, we may not have the internet tomorrow. I could think of ways we don't have it simply overnight. Um, we're in a very dangerous situation now with the devil and our country um, and in all ways we need to restore our home life, restore marriage, and the family. We'll be right back.
3: We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram another way to support LifeSight is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture to donate visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash life our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture if the cares and anxieties of life are weighing you down Come to the St. Thomas More House of Prayer and allow the Lord to refresh your soul. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center devoted to praying and promoting the liturgy of the hours. You'll find a tranquil atmosphere that's ideal for deep prayer, whether as an individual or for a group retreat. We're located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. Make your reservation today or learn more at liturgyofthehours.org. You can also call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer
2: that will change your life.
0: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live.
1: We have a whole half hour to ourselves. I love this portion of the program. And I love your calls and your emails. Toll free, again, one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We have a call, hold on, um, from... Gordon in Iowa. Hi, Gordon.
2: Hi, Sister Miriam. Uh, Mother Miriam, how are you today?
1: Well, I'm much better today, Gordon. God bless you and thank you. How are you doing? Here.
2: Oh, fair to middle, As his dad used to say thank you.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> uh, that That's a wholesale grade of cotton in the cotton belt.
1: Okay. <laughs> Got it, and I love it. I love the sound of it. Uh,
2: Did you have a question, dear one? Mm. I just wanted to impress upon everyone in the Catholic world the importance, the absolute necessity of as many Catholics as possible starting July 3rd uh, and performing the five first Saturdays devotion, starting Mm -hmm. to perform them for five consecutive months. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first Saturdays of the month do five things. Mass, Holy Communion received in a worthy manner, rosary, confession, and 15 minutes of adoration of the Blessed Sacrament while meditating on the 15 traditional decades of the rosary. And uh, uh, also that uh, uh, there are many things the Catholic world does not know about the message of Fatima. For instance, uh, Mary warned Sister Lucia, yeah. And I told my brothers, all four of my brothers and my remaining sister, before the election, I said, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if the regime gets in power because Mary warned Sister Lucia that the entire world will become communist. And this is all because of the fact that the consecration has not been done. And I she, agree with you. And Sister Lucy was asked by the bystanders, ask her even the United States, and Mary's yep. answer was yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's uh, right. I, if you, if the, if the, email, go ahead, sweetie, go ahead.
2: <clears throat> I tried to send an email to President Trump telling him that the one thing Jesus came to earth to teach us was that love is stronger than death. So at least some of us will have to experience death in love to mm-hmm. uh, survive. Yeah. Just to find,
1: yeah. Gordon, I'm with you 100 and 200 percent. Every word you have uttered. And Our Lady said, if Russia is not consecrated to my immaculate heart. She will spread her errors throughout the entire world. And um, I think at the moment, especially since the current meeting between our president and President Putin, I think we are being mocked and laughed at. And um, Putin... Knows that we're becoming com. He doesn't even have to do anything about it. Um, we are becoming communist, and um, we're in good shape. Um, so I absolutely agree with you, and um, I would urge anyone to go onto the Fatima website, Fatima.org, and type in the first Saturday devotions, and um, you will see the revelation of Our Lady of Fatima to Sister Lucia. Um, And this writer here says we cannot imagine, as you say, Gordon, the power of the first Saturday's devotion to console Our Lady for the terrible blasphemies and ingratitude which she endures at every moment, piercing her immaculate heart like cruel thorns. Your fervent communion of reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on the first Saturday of each month will bring tremendous graces and mercies to our desperate world not only for the conversion of sinners, but even to bring an end to the punishments that are falling so heavily upon us for the unprecedented crimes of the world today and so I, I think I think the the alarms are going off. We have no more time. We have no more time. Our lady also told uh, sister Lucia that the um, Uh, The battle of the last days will be for marriage and the family, and it certainly is. The marriage and the family is being all but destroyed before our very eyes. So, um, Gordon, I appreciate your heart and your call very much, and I I pray that um, many, many listeners will look up the First Saturday devotion and begin to take it on, even as a family.
2: Thank you, Mother Mary.
1: Thank you, Gordon. God bless you, my brother. Let's see now. We do have an email from um, Michelle. Michelle writes, Mother, I'm struggling to deal with the guilt of receiving the immoral COVID-19 vaccine. My elderly parents, who I live with, and my sister, who has immune issues, were pressuring me to receive it. Please give me your advice on this. Thank you, and God bless you. Michelle, dear one, What's done is done, all right? I advise everyone not to take it for any circumstance. Um, But many people feel pressured for different reasons by their families. I mentioned uh, uh, prior that um, I've met, uh, spoken with a few grandparents who were threatened that they would not be able to see their grandchildren unless they took the shot, and so they did. They said we were forced. Nobody is forced. It's always your decision whether to take the shot or to not see your grandchildren. It's always your decision. Um, but dear Michelle, um, God knows your heart and um, uh, and the pressure you were under, um, and um, I, you just need to leave it now. Just let it go, because it's already... You can't undo what's done. Don't live with guilt. You can include it in your confession, if you wish, that you were pressured into taking... COVID 19, and you regret it now. So, if there's any sin on your part, you confess it. That's what I would do in confession. Let it go. Let it go. Um, you'll be forgiven if you need to be forgiven. I can't even tell you you need to be forgiven uh, because I'm not aware of all the circumstances. But um, just bring it up in confession that you felt pressured, so you took it, and now you feel bad about it. Just say if you've sinned in any way, Uh, then you, you, you are sorry before God. Just let it go. Trust God has forgiven you, and let it go, Michelle. It's the only thing to do. All right, we have an email from Eleanor, who writes, Hi, Mother Miriam. When you converted to Catholicism, what was the most difficult concept of the Catholic faith for you to grasp? Was there anything that was exceptionally difficult to comprehend and understand? Yes, the most difficult thing, Eleanor, for me to understand... Was uh, were the sacraments, the nature of the sacraments and the nature of the Mass. Because I came from a Protestantism that was quite Calvinistic, that taught that everything is totally depraved, and so uh, matter is depraved. And so God would not use matter to give us his grace to give us his life. Grace is the life of God. Why would God use things, fallen, corrupt matter? And um, I realized coming into the Catholic Church that um, uh, the sacraments are true, they're not simply symbolic, they're not simply ordinances, but they are means by which God gives us grace. Do the sacraments save us? No, God saves us and gives us grace through the sacraments. We used to teach that baptism merely got us wet. But we were yet obeying the scriptures to be baptized, uh, symbolically, letting uh, outwardly showing uh, by the baptism that we um, have died with Christ and were risen with him through the water to new life. But the fact is, does water save us? And my Protestant pastor would say, no, it gets us wet. It's true. Um, when Naaman in the Old Testament was told over and over again, he wanted to be cured from his leprosy, and the little girl came back from the prophet and said, the uh, uh, prophet said, God wants you to bathe. And he, he just, come on, little girl, I want to be cured of leprosy. I'm not going into that water. And he refused. And he wouldn't be cured until he went into the water, and he was completely cured. Did the water cure him of leprosy? No, God cured him of leprosy when he obeyed. When we are baptized, we go into the water or have water poured over our heads in the name of the Father, the Trinitarian formula, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God does what the water symbolizes. Water symbolizes cleansing. And through our obedience in the water, God does what What that symbol does, it cleanses us. What The symbol symbolizes God cleanses us of original sin through our obedience in going into that water. So do the sacraments give life? God gives life, yes, through those sacraments. Absolutely indeed. That was a huge thing for me, huge thing for me to get. But I did, blessed be God, and I entered the church we have an email from christine who says mother i've always wondered what it's like to be a sister can you walk us through what a typical day is like at the daughters of mary mother of israel's hope well we are benedictines we are contemplative active benedictines which means that our foundation is prayer uh, prayer is the foundation of all we do, but we have uh, an active apostolate. Number one, we walk the city every day in full habits. I want a million women out there in full habits. Um, and I've said before that um, we have openings for seven women between the ages of 28, of 18 and 28, sorry, 18 and 28, seven openings, four openings uh, for women 29 to 40, we have 100 applications of women over 40, over 50, many, many, many. And we've had, just in this time recently, two women of 81 years old uh, visit us. Um, so we take all ages, but as you go into any particular order who has existed for quite a while, you're going to have all the generations there. It's a beautiful thing. And so we are... Kind of still getting off the ground, um, and we want all ages, but we want a balance of ages. And so, um, we have those uh, eleven or twelve openings right now, um, and um, uh, we'll be in our new house. We pray uh, it's coming along wonderfully. Just to give you a, a little update, and uh, we should be in it, God willing, at the end of August, just two months from now. So a little, well, maybe two and a half months. We're, we're thrilled about it. And we've already, we're having about three women a month visit us for discernment. And um, maybe maybe nine women within two months combined, three at a time is all we can take. We have three men with, women, women with us right now, and we'll have three again a week after they leave, and so forth. And so we still have all those openings, but with all the women who visit us, We'll just decide who are best suited and the group that's best to be put together. So we still uh, welcome you if you're between the ages of 18 and 40 to give us a holler, if you wish. We begin the day at five in the morning every day of the week except Sunday where we begin at 6 a.m., 5 a.m. every day with a half-hour meditation before the Blessed Sacrament exposed in our chapel. And then we have matins, Uh, the night prayer and then we have lauds and we pray the angelus and we go to mass we come back and have breakfast we pray prime uh before breakfast actually and we have breakfast and then we have a kind of a time to ourselves to exercise to walk the city to to do many things and we have a work hour then we have a class from 11 to 12 which i teach um and then we have sext, s e x t, the noon hour prayer, and then everybody helps preparing dinner. One o'clock we have dinner, uh, till two, and we have a rest hour from two to three, and three to four thirty. It's all kinds of work or assignments or errands, um, and then four thirty to six thirty is two hours of prayer, beginning with uh, with our Lord exposed the entire time, including vespers and the rosary. Um, and then um, we have uh, an hour of recreation, uh, and we have uh, uh, our collation in the evening, and we have Compline at 8 o'clock, and uh, we're, we're out by 8.30, and then it's grand silence until after breakfast the next morning. So basically, we get up at 4.30, and we go to bed around 9 at night, and that's pretty much our day. So, but a lot of exciting things happen in between those hours. So um, God bless you, Christine. And if you're um, something of the age group I, I mentioned, you're welcome to write us at inquiry at motherofisraelshope.org. We'll be right back, dear ones.
3: Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. Praise be to Jesus. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top-left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year.
0: Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live.
1: This is our last segment. We've got 10 minutes plus, and you're still welcome to call in with anything on your heart, if you wish, toll-free 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Catherine. Good morning, Mother Miriam. I saw a trailer for a new horror film. Well, the devil made me do it. I'm not aware of this film. It's about a real-life case, although heavily exaggerated for cinema, of course, where a killer pleaded not guilty by means of demonic possession for the first time in U.S. history. And it's the Arnie Johnson case. I was thinking, do you believe that Satan and his demons are able to take on a physical form in the real world? For example, instances of demonic possession if an individual willingly opens themselves up to evil. I'm curious to hear what you have to say, and if you do indeed believe that this is something that could realistically happen, how could we, the faithful, distinguish one another from the demonic to protect ourselves? Catherine, dear, um, this is not an easy one for me to answer. I simply don't know. Um, certainly uh, the devil can fully possess a person. So uh, I don't know about the film The Devil Made Me Do It, but if the killer pleaded not guilty by means of demonic possession, that's demonic possession. So he's possessed by the devil. That's absolutely possible that the devil will come in and totally possess somebody. That's definitely possible and and does happen. Whether he... Take on human form or not? I don't know. Um, uh, I don't believe he can, as our Lord did, because uh, our Lord had human form from a human from the Virgin Mary. Body, soul, uh, um, uh, body, soul, and um, body, blood, and soul of the body, blood, soul, and divinity, body, blood, and soul is from Mary. The devil has no such origin in humanity. But if he could take on a human form as an apparition, um, I'm going to guess that he can. Don't anyone take me as an authority on this. But I remember watching the life on film of Padre Pio, and there was a, a, a man who who appeared to him in the form of a priest, actually. And it was the devil. Um, so... Uh, I I think it was the devil rather than just simply a human being uh, possessed by the devil. So he could take on, I think, different appearances, different forms, perhaps including the form of a human being, but he cannot, he is not human. He's not going to be human and angelic at the same time. But he could, again, uh, he could take on that form. And uh, Catherine says, and if you believe this, Uh, that something could happen, how could we, the faithful, distinguish one another from the demonic to protect ourselves? Don't worry about that one. If you are walking with Christ and you are filled with his spirit, which if we're walking with Christ, the spirit lives in us 24-7, 24-7, and our hearts and mind are on Christ, we will know. We will know when we meet somebody who um, is utterly not of God. We will know that. We will, something is going to scare us, something is going to say there's something very strange about that person, I don't know where they're from, but they're not of God, and we will flee. So, I I wouldn't worry about it, Catherine, Um, if you're walking with God, I think that's not a concern. Well, certainly Padre Pio was walking with God, but the devils that appeared to him, uh, he knew were, were just that, devils. Um this is a message from mary from facebook and she says dear mother miriam first i would like to thank you for your honest reporting on the world's events and how we as catholics are to respond and pray you are a true light in this world thank you dear mary and she says i'm an older millennial mid-30s mother of two and a homemaker i help my husband with our business a few hours a week But my main focus is on my home and children. So far, that's a perfect scenario. Mary says, my question for you is, what books or reading materials would you recommend for women who are looking to return to our traditional role as a homemaker? I pray that there is a movement in this country for women to return to our homes and tend to our families. I pray so too, Mary. Please join me in that prayer. God bless you, Mother, all my love. Um, Mary, I have a ton of books here on the family, on motherhood, all of it, a ton of them, because I have it in my heart to write a book on it that's my heart, The Restoration of the Family, and the mother is is huge key in that. Um, But there's not at the moment a book that comes to mind on that um but let me give you a couple of sources a refuge for sinners which has joined forces with um uh the joyful catholic i think joyful catholic refuge for sinners and there's another name the three of them have joined in one apostolate and their books are wonderfully trustworthy um There's another institute, um, I think it's the St. Augustine Academy. The St. Augustine Academy. I don't know that they have books for parents, but they have outstanding books, mostly reprints for children and families. They're fabulous. Um, uh, I, I just can't think offhand of others, I mean, you have good sources in in other um, um, apostolates, Ignatius Press, and um, EWTN. Um, why can't I think things uh, off the top of my head? Um, but um, and tan books, of course. Um, but um, But for I'm looking at real, probably Tan is on top there as well, real traditional, uh, not modern books that will take us back to the true faith that God has given. Um, And not talk about men and women as partners. They're not partners. They are um, a, a marriage that God has made. Uh, where the wife submits to a husband who will lay down his life for her. is not a partnership. Um, I wash the dishes and he does this. No, 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 no. That has nothing to do with a marriage. That has everything to do with roommates. Um, you need to understand true marriage. Uh, you know, there is a book that comes to mind by Dietrich von Hildebrand, and it's called Marriage. Dietrich von Hildebrand, Alice von Hildebrand, is his wife, and he has uh, been a consultant to Pope Pius Twelfth and other good popes and church leaders. Um, uh, but it, it's a book titled Marriage, and it is, again, by Dietrich von Helderbrand, who's no longer alive. That's a wonderful book. Um, so apart from describing uh, the mother or the wife's role in returning home, uh, this is foundational to understand what is a marriage okay another book that would be good for marriage is by bishop sheen and it's called um three to get married i think and that's um uh, the woman the man and the lord without the lord it's impossible three to get married i think is the name of the book and it's by bishop fulton sheen okay beloved there's our closing music for today I wish you a beautiful weekend. Why don't you sit down with your husband or your family, uh, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your your dear friends who you care um, about their souls and make a plan for how you're going to live in this world where you will suffer persecution quite soon if you haven't already. How you could live, not hiding, but as a witness in this world that is turned from God. God bless you. We'll speak with you on Monday.